Hi y'all, this is Stephanie Kimu, and welcome back to the Angry Africans podcast. This podcast is about Black anger and what it's done for all of us. So I'll be in conversation with my favorite angry African thinkers, creatives, and activists from the continent and the diaspora to get to know why they mad and what they're doing about it. 2022, it's here and like every year, the idea of wellness is being peddled to the masses. Sign up for this boutique gym membership so you can get skinny. Subscribe to this meditation app so you can gain mental clarity. Go outside and run, I don't know, because everyone else is doing it. Wellness, in my opinion, has become a destination that is getting very expensive and really exclusive. What makes me the most angry about the word wellness is how not only has it become a trillion dollar business led by capitalistic white folks, it is a business that is by design exclusive and catering towards those who are rich, thin, able-bodied, and well, pretty white. Yes, I think there is a white supremacist standard of wellness. And it's this idea that if you pay enough money, you'll look a certain way from your weight, but also the athleisure you wear, the exclusive gyms you frequent, you too can be well and be beautiful, right? Well, I call BS because wellness, it's being controlled by some unwell folks who want us black people to believe we do not inherently possess the gifts needed to feel well. As Afro descendants, wellness isn't tied to how much capital we spend on Reiki. It can look like cooking with our families, sitting by a body of water, or sitting outside in general. Wellness can look like that deep black ass laugh that shakes your entire body. So yeah, I'm mad as hell that wellness is impacting and negatively impacting the mental health of black folks. In particular, that word, that scam, wellness, is making black women and femmes feel unseen and unwell because our bodies and our skin may challenge the beauty standards that this wellness industry wants us to aspire to. Thankfully, there are Black folks working to not just replicate the traps of getting well, but are looking to address barriers to accessing spaces that are liberating, affirming, affordable, if not free, and that are led by beautiful Black faces. So this episode is really about interrogating the word wellness by first recognizing its negative impact on Black folks and how we can as Afro-descendants reclaim our own wellness definitions and practices to define what that word means for us outside of capitalism. And so I'm really excited about my first podcast guest, the excellent, brilliant Black Sinikiwe. Sinikiwe is an entrepreneur who believes everyone should have access to physical, mental, and spiritual wellness. It's why she founded Naya, an online community providing resources and guidance for people of color looking for empowerment when it comes to holistic well-being. 
On Naya's site, visitors can find video meditations along with materials on anti-racism. It's an amazing business. And I'm so excited to be in conversation with this sister about definitions of wellness and how we can counter white supremacy with kind of leaning back into our indigenous practices. Welcome to the first episode of the Angry Africans podcast. Are you honored? I am so honored to be the first guest. Thank you. What a blessing. I am Sinikiwe Stephanie Dilawayo. I started Naya as a means of really cultivating a specific space for people who fall outside of whiteness to be well. Um, and that has really evolved. Um in so many ways, but right now I, I would say I'm really excited about the work that we're doing with young people um, and also the work that we are doing to bring an app into the world, um, an app that will really center movement, again, for people who are not affluent, white, or able-bodied. Um, that has been a big part of my work. So thanks again for having me. I love that. And I think what I love about Naya is, you know, when you are creating a business that's supposed to be in solidarity, that means people see themselves in your business, they see themselves in your brand. And I think that's what I feel when I look at your social media. And so then when you read about what you're doing, you are actually like doing an inventory of what is inaccessible to Black people when it comes to wellness. You're looking at like where classes are happening what the apps are asking of you, how much things cost. And you're really like, okay, I'm doing an inventory because I'm creating a business that is going to counter all of those things. Right. And so, I mean, when you think about wellness, that's so important and not enough people are doing that inventory, but like, I kind of see wellness as a bit of a like trillion dollar scam. This word wellness. I think the current iteration of the term wellness is inherently inaccessible to Black people, like you always say. And so I feel like as a creative, as a wellness entrepreneur, like how does the term wellness, the wellness industry, how does it keep Black people, especially Black women's and Black women and femmes, like how does it keep it out? How does it keep us out of the wellness space? I mean, where do I even begin? I mean, yes, I 100% concur with you that the term wellness is a scam. I It's hard because in, a, in many ways, I feel like I have to kind of operate within the scam that is the wellness industry, right? Um, for people to, one, pay attention to the work that I'm doing, to, one, be able to actually affect some kind of change and to help more people right? Especially in the case of young folks, right? It's like, okay, you know, the articles and things like that, that people write about me and my work, that does help other people find me, right? Does it, does it, um, you know, change my ability to help folks in the day to day, not per se, but it does help people find out about me, right? So it's this constant duality of like, okay, 
I want to like burn the fucking table down. And also I have to kind of operate within these systems in order to propel my work forward. Um, and that in and of itself is very frustrating. Um, and I think specifically, um, for black folks, um, within the context of the wellness industry, um, you know, there are just certain truths that we can't hide from as black folks, right? So like when I was working in media and I would have to log in and see, especially as a visual editor, see people being killed by police, right? And see that. And then I would immediately after have to go to a meeting with my team and, you know, put on a happy face or be in a good, in quotation, mood, um, that affects you, right? It's like, I don't want to pretend today. I don't want to pretend like I'm happy. Like another black person was just killed for just being black. And I don't want to have to pretend that I'm okay. Right. And so, so much of that, um, untruthfulness like resides within wellness. Right. Because again, like it, to me, it feels very trite to tell someone to, okay, like something really just shitty happened to black people on a large scale. So just like go sit and like close your eyes and breathe. Like how fucked up is that? Like that ain't going to do shit for me. Like what, what is that going to do for me? And so, you know, especially also teaching in spaces and being, um, teaching yoga and meditation and being in spaces where I was often the only black teacher. Um, it again felt really terrible often to like go into class, make my mostly white students feel really great. Um, and then have to go back to whatever my present reality was at that time, right. Whether it was good or bad. Um, and having to, again, kind of play a role, right. Or, oftentimes like just pretend that I was okay um, when that really wasn't the case. Yeah. And I think what you're really reminding me of is something that makes me really mad is this idea that we're keeping wellness kind we're, we're gatekeeping the term wellness because we are ensuring the images that we're putting out there make white people feel comfortable or make them want to join. So they're just seeing more white people, right? The prices, the prices of all these wellness initiatives are keeping black people out. I think the location, I feel like the centering of whiteness in wellness is what is making it hard for Black people just to show up and be well. When you limit the definition of wellness to skinny, white, and rich, nobody's actually well. And you're selling us a false narrative. If, you're, if your business or your meditation studio or your yoga studio or your athleisure line is only showing skinny, white, cisgendered women, That means you don't actually care about wellness. You care about more white people joining whatever cult. If wellness is this almost inaccessible destination where we're all trying to get to and we're all looking at all this very white imagery of wellness, like if it's this destination, like how is it that white people are now the gatekeepers of this destination? How did wellness become somewhere you arrived to? And who, why is wellness yoga and everyone teaching yoga is not, is not, uh, you know, of 
Indian or Southeast Asian descent? Why is everyone teaching Tai Chi not of Asian descent? Like, when did we all just get scammed? <laughs> How did all of our indigenous practices for being well just in ourselves now are being like kept away from us? And then now everything looks white. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because of capitalism. The same thing is happening right now with weed, right? Weed has always been, again, this kind of bad thing, right? If we're using that good, bad binary, especially when you look at the way weed is like shrouded if you are again white and generally moneyed right if you have money and you are white like weed is seen as just like this recreational fun thing that you do right whereas if you are black and you smoke weed then you're probably a a negligible parent right or you should probably be behind bars or you know the myriad of other stereotypes that come along with being black and smoking weed right but now all of a sudden that weed is getting legalized and there is money to be made in weed right you see more and more white folks flocking to it to again start gatekeeping it and making money when all of these black people are still behind bars for it right and it again it's it's maddening Right. Because it literally is a is a plant that grows in the ground, but you've made it so that it has been demonized for people who are black. Right. And now you're rebranding it for white folks so that y'all can profit off of it and make a lot of money. How are we even attempting to say I'm taking back my own wellness into my own black hands? Because what I love that you often say and you remind people of is that when you really think of indigenous practices, indigenous belief systems of wellness, like black people, like nigga shit, it is what we, how we feel when we eat, what we see in our communities, what we see when we're in nature, you know, as two, two black women from sub-Saharan Africa, like nature is really probably key to your wellness and is super important to my wellness. And all of the things that I know as a black woman, when I go back home to the village in Cote d'Ivoire, when I see wellness, like I don't even, I can't even attain that level of wellness in Washington, DC because I can't afford it. It's not accessible to me. And so how do we reclaim the sense of wellness that I see? And I know you see when you go back home to Zimbabwe, what I see when I go back home to like remote Cote d'Ivoire, like I want black people to reclaim that wellness because this other definition like it's actually never meant for us to attain it one of the ways that i really try to cultivate my well-being is by being in community right and being in community in a real way and not just like in the bullshit marketing term that everyone uses now of like oh this is a community right it's like nah fam if it was a community then you would be checking for like how I feel today. I care more about you being okay as a person, especially in the midst of this ongoing pandemic and racial reckoning, than I care about some metric that I need to check off, right? And so yeah. I think absolutely getting back in the community. I feel like what you're saying is a reminder that Black people's wellness is easeful. And this definition of wellness that is led by these trillion dollar white led businesses is this urgency. Like you need to be well, you need to be meditating while you walk. You need to be watching 
Headspace on Netflix and listening to Headspace when you drive and going, you know, it's like this urgency to be well, to spend your money to be well, when Black wellness as Africans is in like the softness of the ground and like like what your family's hands feel like. It's like all of these very, I mean, kind of hippy dippy feelings and that you feel well. And what I saw on, I think your website is that you are talking about moving this white led definition of wellness um, away from self-optimization. And I think that's what you kind of talked about in the beginning, but can you really dive into what is self-optimization and why, like, why do we need to start addressing it in this wellness discussion? Yeah. I mean, and I, I have absolutely fallen into that trap, right? Especially living in New York city. So when I even started practicing yoga, it was because I, for some reason, felt the need to run the marathon when I don't even like running, um, never got the runner's high, but I just felt like I needed to check that box off of my to-do list and I got injured. And so part of my physical therapy, she had said, you know, either do maybe Pilates or yoga as a means of rehabbing your injury. And so I started practicing yoga. And even within that, it just was, I felt very competitive, right? It was like, oh, that person is doing headstand. Like I need to do headstand. And then once I I started teaching with a nonprofit that places yoga teachers in New York City Public School, um, it's called Bent on Learning. Um, and so once I was placed in a school where most of the students um, fell below the poverty line in that school um, and realizing that yoga most days honestly just like looked like being on the mat and breathing like as a collective, right? It wasn't about any fancy poses. It wasn't about any fancy apparel. It was literally just like, oh, like feel that breath that is moving in your body and keeping you alive, right? That was our yoga. Um, And then in addition to that, really getting into the um, like yoga sutras and the limbs of yoga, right? Which are much more than the physical um, asana part of yoga. Um, And that I think really helped me as well. And I think also shifting away from... um, wellness as it is marketed is again, right? It's like how, what can I do, whether that be like a physical yoga practice or a meditation to then become more productive, to then make more money, right? Or to be better at my job, right? That, that is really what people want to be well for, right? Is to really optimize themselves so that they could be better for their job and then subsequently make more money and fall into capitalism, right? Or at least in my experience, that's what it's been. And so I think part of that decolonization is realizing, okay, wow, I am intrinsically valuable by nature of just being a human being. And so I don't need to be productive in order to be valuable. Like me just breathing, that is valuable. Me just like existing is valuable, right? Like there is no outside driver to be valuable or productive. It's just like that ease that you spoke of, right? It's just like, oh, like I'm just, I'm just living. 
Like, that's great. Like, I'm just You're like, actually making me emotional because I have been in countless meditations, countless yoga nidras with white guides who have said this. They have said, you are intrinsically valuable by nature of being human. You are divine. You are all of this. And I am in this moment realizing I never connected with that because they were not black guides. And I may never have actually believed in what they were saying, but listening to your beautiful black face, tell me I'm intrinsically valuable. It like makes me emotional. And I think it like, this is the reminder of what, how moving it is to have a black person say that to you, you know, like it's very moving. Well, and I think that, you know, although I don't, the representation is like twofold, right? It's like, at this point, we don't need representation, like we need equity. And also, I think I also got to that place where I would be in classes with teachers. And it's like, okay, this is a beautiful practice. Like, you are a beautiful human. And also, like, I, what you're saying isn't even permeating into me because I can't relate to your lived experience. Right. And it kind of got to this place where I don't, it was like almost a little bit disturbing to my psyche. It's like, I, I can't even like practice with like white folks anymore. Right. It's just like, I, I just need to either have my own practice that I'm cultivating or practice with other black folks or like non-black people of color, right? Like, that's it. Like, I can't, I just, I can't even let that really permeate into my being any longer because it just doesn't feel good. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I never realized that, you know, when we talk about wellness is a scam, it's a destination that is paved with consumerism and capitalism and ultimately what we see right now is not attainable for black people. Like when, we, if we really truly believe that, then that means there has to be as many versions of this term as possible, which means we have to actually, I don't know, divest from this boutique wellness community because that's like inherently not well. The fact that there are waiting lists to get into wellness spaces that you are paying hundreds of dollars, like this is all inherently not well. (laughs) So, and I think what makes me so angry is how much I internalize this wellness culture and not until very recently had to, um, had not actually realized that my definition of wellness, I had never created for myself. And so I just want that all the audience to really understand that everything I'm mad about, like Naya is kind of addressing, you know what I'm saying? Like you are actually creating a business that is healing us from white supremacist definitions of wellness. And I just want to give this platform to you to talk about your business and the different modalities in which you're actually addressing white supremacist norms. Yeah. I mean, I, even just hearing you say that, it just, I'm like, uh, am I doing that? Like, oh, we're doing, we're doing that. Okay, great. 
Um, I mean, I think that, you know, as I was kind of explaining to you um, prior to the start of us recording is that it's all an ecosystem, right? So like, I would say that Naya as a company is a vessel for folks to educate themselves in the ways in which all of the ways in which we've discussed um, that wellness centers whiteness, right? Um, and then it's like, okay, once you have that information, what, what do you do with it, right? And so the app that we're building focuses on decolonizing your movement practice um, by centering instructors who, again, fall outside of that paradigm of being affluent, white, and able-bodied. Um, it hasn't launched yet, but it's in the works. And then our um, platform called Black Folks Breathing is specifically focused on Black folks um, and telling stories of Black folks and the multi-dimensionalness of us as people, um, because so often my experience working in media was that the only stories of Black people that ever get told are ones in which something terrible happens to us, um, and that's all white people generally tend to care about, unfortunately, and so really offering an opportunity to, yeah, tell stories of Black people just living their lives, living their best lives, right? Um, and then our initiative um, called The Check-In really focuses on young folks and really supporting their mental health needs. Um, because again, when we speak to access, you know, people love to throw out therapy. Yes, therapy is a great resource. And also, if you are going to a therapist who is white, which the majority of therapists are white, and they haven't also assessed and address their own inherent bias and racism, right? The likelihood of you getting the type of support that you need in a way that is actually going to heal you versus harm you is going to be very limited, right? Um, and so again, finding um, folks who are culturally competent to support young people um, in their quest for mental health. And I, what I love about it is, and not knocking all the Black people who have started boutique fitness things or monthly subscription apps for meditation, like, I feel like if anyone deserve coin, deserves coins for wellness businesses, it's Black folks. But you're not actually replicating the structures of white supremacist wellness and saying, now I'm just leading it as a Black person. You're not like creating a very expensive cycling studio. You're not creating more of the things that are making wellness inaccessible. Like you're actually, you really are decolonizing and you're decentralizing the power and the resources and the power in defining what wellness is out to as many different people as possible. And so it's just so impressive and it really warms my like angry heart. Um, it makes me have hope that, we'll start talking about wellness in a way that it's around us, it's accessible. Um, and I guess for for you, what is what does five years from now look like for, for a 20-year-old Black girl in Brooklyn with no money, you know, and no, no credit cards, no, no direct deposits from her family? What 
what is she going to be able to access from you and your businesses in five years? I mean, I think the biggest thing um, and also part of the scam of wellness, right, is that so often people are this like guru mentality or this icon mentality that people are placed on um, these pedestals to say like you have to follow the instruction of so-and-so otherwise like you're fucking up right and it's like nah fam like even when I lead meditation or I lead yoga it's like cool like I'm gonna teach you what I know and then you're gonna do with that what you will and hopefully that'll crack something open within you um to bring you on this further path right and I think that that is my biggest hope for a 20 something who maybe like myself lived in New York and did not have the financial resourcing and was like doing all the things to just get by. Right. It's like, okay, how can I resource you the best way that I can um, to start your own journey to be well in whatever way that looks like for you? Right. That's important. And I think, you know, you brought up this kind of anger piece and you know again operating within whiteness and white supremacy we are told as black people that we are not allowed to be angry right because our anger is seen as like if we get angry then we're automatically going to get violent which i mean a subject for another podcast because if you look at the way things are set up i'm gonna just leave it at that, that but part. i think that For me, anger is really the ability to honestly face what is in front of you um, and be righteous in the fact that, like, that shit ain't right. And also, I am not going to let that anger um, affect my action, right? It's like, yeah, get angry, be righteous about that anger. And also, I think that knowing anger is also to know love, right? You can't no love without knowing anger. And so I love this podcast because I think the more that we can tap into our anger and find safe spaces like this podcast to cultivate said anger, I think the better off we are as black folks because white people get angry all the time and white people get angry and do hella crazy shit and no one is coming for them when they do this angry shit. But yet we even just like slight tone change in our voice it's like all hell's finna break. Oh my god! Like not the case. So and we I are am- making ourselves unwell by trying to show up in white supremacist spaces. And you know, thank you for saying that and naming that about black anger because Audrey Lord says it. Within anger is energy and information. You get energized. You you get understand things. You you seek even more clarity when you're angry. And at the end of it, there are solutions. Like your businesses are a solution to inaccessible white supremacist definitions of wellness. And you created those solutions because you were mad as hell. And I'm so honored that you shared your anger here. And we are going to be listing your, your campaign, crowdsourcing campaign, your direct deposit, your Venmo, your PayPal. <laughs> we Let's all send you all the coins because we want to see all the modalities that you are creating for our Black wellness. I want to see it come to life. And I'm just really proud to know you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm proud to know you as well.